party of the year at iFly. They specialize in custom events for groups of any size. For all the information, including hours of operation and videos of actual flying, go to iFlySacramento.com or see their Facebook page. Mention the code ROSEVILLE15 and get 15% off for a limited time. It's indoor skydiving on Harding in Roseville. See you there. Money 105.5. Views expressed on the following program are not necessarily those of this station, its owners, staff, or management. The following program is sponsored by Simply Great Lives. Welcome to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5, where you live with passion, make a difference, and come alive. This show is about you, your life, your impact, and your legacy. Now your hosts, John and Rena. Hey, welcome to the Impact Hour. I'm John. This is the show where you take control over your own life and make the change that you want rather than waiting on Washington to fix things for you. Today... I have with me Raul Lopez Jr. And uh, basically the topic today is the same as our event we had a couple of weeks back, which was authenticity and influence. And we were helping men a couple Saturdays ago learn to become more authentic, step into their leadership and become more influential. So today we're just going to highlight uh, a lot of the things that we experienced at that event. Uh, we'll go through and talk a little bit about each, each section, and then we'll just kind of share what we saw and some of the breakthroughs we noticed and, and kind of what the event was like. And if you like what you're here, there is another event very similar to that coming up at the end of January. You can kind of mark kind of at the end, maybe last week or two of January. We don't have the date exactly nailed down yet, but it'll be uh, on the weekend Maybe not quite the very last one, but maybe the one before that, I think, is kind of what we're looking at right now. So, Raul, how did that event go? I think we, oh, I think we had a great time. Um, I know we had a great time. Uh, the event was a group of men, and uh, I'll tell you real quick, I want to touch on, you said the next event that's coming, uh, we invited women. <laughs> yes. So most of our men's are men's events, and uh, we noticed that the women who see what we're working on, that the stuff we're teaching, they're telling their men they need to go there. They're telling their brothers, their fathers, they're telling the men in their lives they need to attend this. And then the men come and they attend and they have a great time and they go, my wife needs to hear this. My brother needs to hear, my sister needs to hear this. So we've decided to do the next event as a combination. Um, so everybody is invited, men and women, couples, singles. Uh, you're all invited to enjoy the great stuff that we're teaching. Even aliens from outer space can come if they want. Absolutely, man. <laughs> Just give me a ride in your ship and uh, you can come on down. <laughs> but yeah, no, we had a great day. Um, it, uh, we spent a full day working. We had a few different projects that we did, and uh, there was some great breakthroughs. I, you know, there was some crying, there was some laughing, there was some jumping up and down. Um, it was a great day. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was pretty awesome. And uh, so with that, we just kind of walk through a little bit about what we did uh, for the attendees. And uh, some people, you know, why do you, why do you share all this stuff on the radio? You know, won't people just choose to stay home and not come to the event? Uh, but for you listeners, I'd like you to know very clearly, there is a huge difference between hearing about something and actually experiencing it. Absolutely. And uh, sometimes someone may have a breakthrough just listening on the radio. And that was, would be awesome if that happened. But I find most folks have the breakthrough when they're actually walking through the exercises um, and actually looking introspectively at themselves and how they're showing up and what's going on with them, as opposed to just uh, you know, hearing about theory about you know, how things might work for some, someone out there, perhaps. So, so really not afraid too much about talking about it. You'll still get a ton if you come to the event, even if you listen today, it's, uh, it's not really a competition. <laughs> no, you know what I find is, and I've learned this for myself, uh, there, there's a ton of videos online of various uh, trainers, inspirational speakers, motivational speakers, and it's wonderful to listen to them and I learn a lot from them. But when I attend the events, I have an emotional attachment to it. I'm there, I'm experiencing it, there's an energy, and just with that energy, uh, motion, emotion, uh, is, is how I learn, is how it comes into us. I think we're all very similar in that. So yeah, absolutely. Watching a video versus being present and experiencing the emotions of it is 100% different. Very different, yes. So the first thing we did is we had this exercise just around authenticity and vulnerability. 
And I don't know about you, Arul, but I find a lot of guys are not very open. They're not very authentic. They've got what we call a mask. Mm -hmm. And I know I've had a mask, and sometimes I put my mask on. Someone says something, I'm like, whoop, and then the mask's up again, kind of peering out through the, you know, this invisible mask. Okay, now I'm protected. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think for a lot of guys, you know, this probably this event probably was the very first time they ever had a chance to really, really see what their masks look like and have a chance to take it down. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, I remember there was, you know, obviously when we get started there, we always we have some ground rules, right? And we we, we make sure that everybody's. Uh, tries to feel comfortable and understand that nothing leaves the room um so there but there was one person and obviously we're not going to name names but there was one person who said hey i don't ha think i have a mask and we said that's your mask <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing wrong with me well that's that's your mask let's, yes. let's keep going <laughs> yeah 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 the mask of having it all together is a mask yeah <laughs> yep i know i've done that have uh, gone through the world you know presenting like i've got it all together and uh, that, that is actually pretty exhausting, mm. going around, trying to look like I've got it all together, trying to hold it all together and make sure nothing leaks out that exposes myself. That is exhausting. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, and, and that, um, that process that we went through, really, it, it's personal to each individual. Um, we all wear various masks. And uh, what it does is it kind of shows us the mask that we are wearing, why we're wearing it, and understanding why we're wearing that mask helps us to take it off, you know, and understand where it came from and that we don't need to wear that mask, that we can be who we are. Yes. And I find in my experience, sometimes I actually like the mask being on, <laughs> depending on where I'm at, who I'm in front of. And, mm -hmm. uh, but I, I find that I have an option of taking it off. Okay. And just having that option, I, I find very freeing and very helpful. So there are useful masks, and there are some that we need to just get rid of right? yeah yeah <laughs> yes it, and it depends but but yeah i know i know i was learning to be more vulnerable many years ago just i thought okay i'll, I'll just be real with my boss thought, mm -hmm. yeah you know he's a, he's a cool guy you know this will be fine and mm -hmm. i found that was not very good at all <laughs> <laughs> that uh you know i i was real sharing my struggles and and uh, like you know i'm frustrated about this and you know i'm trying to work this out and i'm hitting a wall and it's just hard or you know, or, or after my heart attack in 2005, I shared I'm having a hard time being motivated. Mm -hmm. And I found all that stuff showed up on my annual review when it came back around. And I'm like, ooh, wow. maybe I better not share this stuff. That wasn't very safe. Wow. Yeah. Well, I guess you, you, you unfortunately, you shared it with the wrong person because uh, I would think that that'd be more liberating than anything. For me, for me, one of the masks that I love that I was able to take off and completely throw away is that everything's all right. Mm. Everything's okay. It's okay. I accept that. Yeah, I'm fine. No problem. Um, for me, it's so much it's not a mask anymore. I may not admit everything, but at some point I, I make sure that I do discuss it or get it out in some way and that I don't walk around like everything's mm -hmm. wonderful when it's not because to me that's very unhealthy. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, in my experience, um, it depends on who you're with as to whether it's a good thing to take the mask off but the more places I can take my mask off, the more freeing it is, the more liberating it is. And I find that when I'm in a place of leadership and I take my mask off, it allows other folks mm -hmm. who I'm leading to take theirs off. Yeah. And it creates a pretty different experience. And uh, it gets very freeing. Uh, it opens the door to creativity. And we all have our mask on and we're trying to hide, you know, any sort of you know, anything that doesn't look too good. We're trying mm -hmm. to, to look perfect. Suddenly, we can't take risks. Yeah. If we take a risk and mess up, oh, no, what would happen? Yeah. But absolutely. if we can take that mask off and just say, well, it's okay. We're going to take a risk here, and maybe it's not going to work, but we're, we're going to give this a shot because we think it's worth pursuing. Yeah. That's a very different space. Yeah, I, I was just on a call earlier today, um, a coaching call, and we discussed that perfection, if, if you're after perfection, you're always going to experience failure. Oh, yeah. Because there is no perfect. Right. There, there is no perfection. And then also, if that if perfection is your standard, 
that when you get there, you can't, if you were to get there, which we don't, right? There is no perfection. But if, if perfection is your standard and you're able to reach it somehow, you couldn't even celebrate it because it's your standard. Oh, yeah, right. right. Yeah. You have to be able to, to, to celebrate something that has to be an achievement. You have to humongous. exceed it. You have to exceed it. Better so, than perfect. So, yeah. and, and better than perfect. Oh, my goodness. There's such a thing. <laughs> but, you know, you were talking about how exhausting it is. If you're living a life of trying to be perfect or get to a perfection, you're going to live in failure. And that's not how we want to live. Totally. So some of the, the dangers, maybe dangers, dangers is probably a little bit strong. Uh, re- th- uh, having a mask is limiting. So this is the best way to say it. These are the things, these are the limits. These are the things that having a mask limits us in. If that's not even proper English, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, it can uh, get in the way of us standing up for ourselves. If we need to appear a certain way, maybe we have to be appearing accommodating to be liked and accepted. That might be a mask. Then we wouldn't be able to stand up for ourselves. Might hinder us from asking for help, from saying no, sharing struggles and failures, admitting when we're afraid, asking for forgiveness, sharing our dreams, exposing the real us, and more. Did you say asking for help? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah. That's a big one, man. Asking yeah. for help is huge. Totally huge. Was... I think especially for guys. Um, I oh mean, yeah. We we don't like to ask for help. <laughs> yeah. Right. Take yeah. that mask off. We don't like to ask for help. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And I found for me when I have my mask on, it is completely a lonely experience. Very much lonely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even when I'm with people, I don't feel like I'm connected mm-hmm. because people aren't getting me not the real me, they're getting this fake me that I'm projecting, and I don't feel like people get me mm-hmm. because I'm projecting something else. Wow, that's and, powerful. And, and my mask also disconnects me from me. It disconnects me because if, if I get so used to and comfortable wearing my mask, I start to get to where I really disconnect from my emotions. I can't tell what I'm feeling. Um, I stuff my emotions and it disconnects me from me. I don't even know me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. You know, um, just what you just said reminded me of a book I read by Eckhart Tolle, uh, The Power of Now. I think a lot of people have enjoyed that book. I think it's the number one seller out there. But he, he mentioned, and I, and I don't remember the exact term, but he did mention that when we're so we can become outside of ourselves. And then we kind of even, it's like we're looking at ourselves and we don't even know who that guy is. And it yeah. ju- I just thought of that when you said that, because uh, we can get so lost in life, in, in society, and in procrastination that um, we don't even know who we are anymore. Yeah, we can lose sight of ourselves. Mm, absolutely. We'll talk more about this right after the break. If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for the Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 105.5. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 105.5. Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour. Meaning, significance, satisfaction, connection. You can have it all. Learn how on the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2. You're listening to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5. Know your impact. Make it great. Hey, welcome back. Today we are talking about authenticity and influence. We're kind of just going through the highlights of the event we had a couple weeks ago, a couple weekends ago. And uh, before we move on to the next topic, I want to just discuss a little bit more about this idea of our masks, that we're trying to appear a certain way. And uh, some people out there, you might be thinking, oh, well, I don't have one of those. You know, that's, that's somebody else. You know, I don't have a mask. I'm, I'm good. I've, I've got this worked out. And uh, in my experience, everyone has a mask that gets put on at least some of the time. And these are the the things we've learned growing up. Most of us, we learned we had to appear a certain way to be loved, liked, and accepted by people that were significant in our lives. We learned what was not acceptable, not acceptable for us to behave this way or to behave that way. 
And we learned, even if we weren't really conscious of it, but we learned how to appear a certain way so that we could fit in and to be loved and liked and accepted. That's our mask. And sometimes our masks are so well-worn for so long, we're not even aware that they are there. But they are there. And some, some folks wear their masks very tightly, and uh, you can see it's just wound up real tight on there, and, and you interact with them, and you go, wow, they're projecting a persona. Mm-hmm. And it's just like just right out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it could be in the way they hold themselves, the way they dress, uh, you know, all, all this stuff, this, this whole attitude pops out. <laughs> and, and, it, and the person might think, well, that's, that's who I am. It's like, well, I don't know. I think mm. that's probably the mask. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that, that goes into the stories that we tell ourselves, which, which I think is next or one of the subjects that we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Yes. And then one of the, the dangers or the, the hindrances of having a mask is that we can get into judgment. We can get into self-judgment and judgment of others. You start to feel like, oh, it should be a certain way. We should appear a certain way. This is the right way of being. And when we see others not being that way, not appearing that way, we can get into judgment. Mm-hmm. And when we're not able to totally appear the way we want to as well, we can start getting into some pretty heavy self-judgment. Mm-hmm. That's good. So uh, one, of, one of my masks is uh, I need to appear like I've got it all together and I need to appear like I'm pretty smart. And I got messages that uh, I needed to appear smart to fit in and to belong. And uh, it wasn't intentional, but it's the way I took it. And so when I'm trying to appear smart, that's pretty different than just being knowledgeable and being smart. And trying to appear smart is I might try to appear that I know something that I don't really know, and then I'll share something trying to appear like I know it <laughs> when I don't actually know it. And it gets worse. And then, and then suddenly it, it gets out there, oh, that's not right. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, uh-oh, now I'm in self-judgment. I'm beating up myself because I didn't get that right. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the, I think, messages that I gave at, at that event um, is very similar to what you're talking about. And usually if we're wearing a mask and you're in front of somebody or speaking to somebody for a long period of time, you, the people can start to see around the mask. They can say, that's not really who this guy is. And, and I've learned personally, I had some coaching from, uh, actually from a pastor, a great, great guy, um, during a, uh, a keynote speech that I gave. And uh, he came to me afterwards. And he said, man, you did a great, a great job speaking up there, Raul. He said, but I noticed at times that you were nervous. And I said, really? And I said, yeah. I said, you know, anytime I get on stage, before I get on stage, I get nervous. And he said, no. He said, during your speech, there were pockets of times that you were nervous. And I said, really? I said, you know, tell me more. I need, I need to know. And in short, it, what it came down to is when I was thinking about me, I was nervous. And when I was giving is when the authenticity was there and, and it was just flowing. And what he said is, and I said, well, what do you mean when it's about me? How is it about me? And he says, I could see when you were looking out into the crowd, you were wondering what they were thinking about you. You were trying to stand a certain way, trying to act a certain way. You had your mask on. Um, that you got nervous, and I think people could tell. He says, but when you were up there just giving your life, your story, your wisdom, it was authentic. So basically it came down to your mask. Will, will, people will notice that you have a mask if you're continually wearing it. Yeah, yeah. especially other coaches who are trained to, to spot this stuff. It'll be really plain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So the next thing that we talked about uh, – on our weekend event is we talked about the stories that we make up, that we make up stories and we do it so automatically that we're even not aware that we're doing it. Mm-hmm. And so something happens, somebody says something, an event takes place, something, and we perceive the event. And I think our mind is so fast that the event seems to arrive in our perception with the meaning already built in. Mm-hmm. Like we already know why this person did that or why this thing happened. And a lot of times we react and respond to the meaning that we assign to it rather than the actual event itself. And so we've got, you know, we get all worked up, we get triggered because of what we think the person, why we think the person did that rather than what actually happened. 
And the truth is, in a lot of cases, we don't actually know why it happened. Mm -hmm. We actually don't know why. And so our mind doesn't like not knowing. We've got to know. <laughs> so we make up a meaning. Oh, this person did that because they're, you know, they're a terrible driver and their license should be taken away or whatever it is. We come up with this meaning. We fill in the gap mm -hmm. with something because we've got to have something in there mm -hmm. or for, to satisfy our curiosity or whatever. And so we react to that. But a lot of times uh, we can actually change what it means because what we made it mean is totally fabricated. It's totally made up. And so we make up all these stories about people, people hate us, they disrespect us, or whatever it is, and we don't really know. Mm -hmm. And so we can swap out the story with something else that's more uplifting, more supportive. And is the new meaning made up? Well, sure, that's made up, but so is the original one. And so we get a chance to go and reevaluate what have we been making it mean? In that last time I got laid off quite a while ago, what did I make that mean? Originally, I made it mean that I sucked. <laughs> so I suck. They got rid of me because I suck. And now I'm going to go try to find a job. Poor me. Please hire me. <laughs> so it's just not very helpful, right? Um, but I, I didn't, I don't know. I don't know why they picked me to be let go. And uh, they, they never told me. So I was just making that meaning up. And so I got a chance to reframe it and to make a new meaning out of that. And at the event, we had an exercise around this. People had to pick an event where it's been troubling them. They felt maybe betrayed or somebody disrespected them. It's still, still going on in their consciousness, in their mind. They're thinking about this event from time to time, and it just makes them feel icky because of what they made it mean. And we got a chance to have people reframe the meaning and... I thought there was a couple of folks there had a pretty good breakthrough from that experience. Mm -hmm. No, that was good. Uh, you know, an, another um, example of the stories that we tell ourselves, it's, it's very limiting to us, right? We limit what we may do. Uh, I, I know for myself in the past and even in the near future, it happens and just I have the ability to change the way I think. I practice what I call purposeful thinking. Um, so that if I do get a negative thought or a limiting thought, a story that I'm telling myself, I catch it and I shift it like John's talking about. Um, but for the example I have more recently is that I needed to make a call or I wanted to make a call to a very high profile person to discuss some business. And instantly my mind started going, that person's not even going to talk to you. There's no way that that person's going to work with you. They're high profile. They're, they're this, they're that. And you're, you know, you're you and you're this and you're that. And so I had this story that's very limiting that I'm telling myself. And um, so many of us do that, that we won't even get started on certain things that we're trying to achieve in our life. So uh, what I did is I caught that thinking and I said, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. And I've been in conversations with this person now three conversations and we're continuing to negotiate. So it's, it's powerful to be able to understand that the stories we tell ourselves can hurt us um, in many different ways. And one of them is that it limits us from, uh, you know, getting to the goals that we're trying to achieve. Yeah. One thing was, one thing we made a distinction about at the event was sometimes we might have a trauma in our life and it's not from the story that we made up. It's, we have a trauma from the actual event itself mm -hmm. and we can't always just reframe a trauma. So we have a trauma and we can be traumatized, if you will, or hurt in some way from the actual event. And then on top of that, we can make it mean something cruddy mm -hmm. and then have and then pile on top of that more hurt. Mm -hmm. And by reframing, we get to take care of the meaning part. But sometimes the original trauma is still is still there. It's still Absolutely. still something to work through. Mm -hmm. So so we're not saying that, oh, you just rethink and then bling, everything's perfect now. That's not quite what we're talking about. But I thought this was a really good exercise. And uh, I remember one, one fellow, you know, we, we were sharing a little bit about the experience through the exercise and uh, asked him and he said, man, this is freeing. So that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yep. So the next thing we talked about there is, uh, and actually we need to go to a break. So we'll talk more right after this break. Are you in the 
the market for a new vehicle? Tired of expensive auto mall pricing? Then you don't want to miss the 2018 model year-end clearance at Cooney Chevrolet, where the savings are so big, it's scary. All remaining new 2018 cars, trucks, and SUVs are clearance priced to sell now. Only at Cooney Chevrolet. Hurry in for clearance savings today. Just look for the big clock at the big corner of Fulton and El Camino or shop 24-7 at CooneyChevy.com. The American dream is about to be your reality. From first downs to touchdowns, Scott breaks down the mortgage process and brings in top performers in the financial industry. Listen every Thursday at 11 with your host, Scott Rojo of Premier Lending, and get your weekly highlights and play-by-plays of the mortgage and real estate game. Find out what you need to know every Thursday on the Mortgage Hour with Scott Rojo. Scott Rojo, branch manager, mortgage planner, NMLS 352874. Website, Premier Lending, Inc. Hello, I'm Mo Ansari, host of Market Wrap and president of Compaq Asset Management. What a difference a day makes in these markets. But will you be on the right side from one day to the next? Market volatility is the time when you need to remain the most rational about your investment decisions. Yet it is the time when investors become the most emotional and often make devastating choices. So if you need some help, dial pound 250 on your cell phone, use the keyword talk to Mo and ask for your free report on coping with market volatility. You can also make an appointment to meet with me for a free portfolio review. Again, from your cell phone, dial pound 250, talk to Mo and get your free report coping with market volatility. Ask for your free portfolio review also. Compact Asset Management is a registered investment advisor, funds custodian, Fidelity Institutional Wealth Services, member FINRA, SIPC. Man, Euro Horses always look great. It's in the mix. We feed only stable mix. We usually just feed a flake or two of hay. That's like putting regular into a sports car. Your horses need more than just hay. They need vitamins, minerals, and essential nutrients. What about supplements? You don't need them with stable mix. Stable mix has everything your horses need, and it even comes with prebiotics and probiotics to benefit their digestive system. Feed technology has advanced, and stable mix delivers all your horses need in a tasty pelleted form they'll love. Stable Mix is a custom pelleted feed containing all the nutritional requirements and now has prebiotics and probiotics. Feeding Stable Mix instead of hay may add to their life expectancy over feeding hay alone. So start feeding Stable Mix today. Stop by your participating Stable Mix retailer and join our loyalty club to earn a free bag of feed with your purchase of bags or barrels. Enter our photo contest at StableMix.com. Stable Mix for healthier, happier horses. The Trump administration has proposed a rule that would require pharmaceutical companies to disclose the price of the drugs they advertise on television if a month's supply costs over $35. Current rules require manufacturers to disclose side effects in television ads. Your child's medical bills aren't the only ones going up. A report by the American Pet Products Association finds the cost of pet care is skyrocketing. Since 2015, the cost of veterinary services have risen over 10% for medical treatments and 5% for regular checkups. If you're putting your home on the market, you may need to adjust your strategy to get a quick sale near your asking price. A new report from real estate brokerage Redfin points to a slowdown from the spring's red-hot real estate market, mainly due to higher home prices and rising mortgage rates. I'm Mark Huffman. Review the Consumer Affairs Daily Brief at Amazon.com today. Meaning. Significance. Satisfaction. Connection. You can have it all. Learn how on the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Move through your world, touching lives and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning. Listen to the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Your impact matters. You matter. Did you miss a show? Check out past shows at theimpacthour.com. If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for the Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 105.5. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 105.5. Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour. 
You're listening to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5. Know your impact. Make it great. Hey, welcome back to the Impact Hour. Today we're talking about authenticity and influence. And those two things are related. The more authentic we are, the more able we are to influence people. I wonder if you've experienced this in your own life. You've had maybe various leaders in your life, different bosses. The ones who were more real, more authentic, made it a lot easier to follow what they were suggesting and saying and, and, and guiding in because, at least in my experience, I knew that they were a real person and, and they had my back. They weren't trying to appear a certain way. They didn't appear fake. They appeared real. And when they suggested, hey, this would be a good way to go, usually their authenticity and their vulnerability was included in that as well. Typically wouldn't ask me to do something they wouldn't do themselves uh, or say, you know, I know this is really tough and it's really, you know, this, this deadline's coming up or whatever it is, and, but, but I think you can do it. And, and, but if they were real when they did that, that was much easier to hear. So our ability to influence and to lead and to make a difference in the world really is connected in a huge way to our ability to be authentic. People will follow those who are authentic and those who have a mask on, those who are inauthentic, tend to be a little bit more difficult to follow. So in our event we had a couple weekends ago, uh, we had a section in there and I titled it Called. The idea that we are called. Now, I know some different folks have different views. Uh, you know, so for some folks, this idea of being called is, is definitely a very religious concept. Um, and we certainly talked about that uh, during the weekend, the idea that God is calling us up. But I know for some of you, that, would be, that wouldn't ring true for you. That would be, it wouldn't fit in with your way of seeing the world and way of seeing things. But even so, even if you feel like this is a spiritual journey of being called up, or if you just see that it makes a lot of sense to live like you're called up in order to improve relationships and to get more of what you want, either way, it's the same thing to work on. So we are called up, or you can see it as I'm going to pretend I'm being called up. And while we're being called up, we are all here to learn to love. Ultimately, we'll have the most satisfying life if we learn to love others. We'll feel like we've made the biggest impact in the world if it's done through love, out of a concern for people. When we get done, we'll feel like we've finished really well. And as we're trying to love others, trying to love the world, change the world through an expression of love, we have a lot of things that can get in the way of that expression of love. We have stories, which we talked about earlier. We assign meanings to things. We have conditioning. We have filters. Our attention gets drawn to certain things. We have beliefs and subconscious beliefs. And inside of us, we have a whole lot of justification going on as well. And all of that stuff hinders our ability to love the world in, a, in bigger and bigger ways. Yeah, love is a, it's a tough one because love can mean different things to different people. Uh, to most people, I think it may have different meanings. Uh, I know that I believe 100% that we're born with a ton of love to give. I mean, children are just full of love and joy and happiness. And what happens is uh, society will start to kick us around a little bit and we'll kind of lose it. We will. We'll lose it. So I believe that we need to kind of rediscover what is love and true love. And what I've found for myself is that when I look at a situation or I'm dealing with a person in love, using love, if, if that makes sense, then I understand them better and it's easier for me to get past any challenges that we're having because when you looking at something with love then you know if someone's upset or they're <clears throat> saying hurtful things or whatever it is that it's coming from a place in them that's already hurt that's damaged and when you look at them with love you can get around that and you can help them to heal that so yeah love love is very powerful and i believe 100 percent we are here to share and to learn love or to remember love is in my opinion um but yeah it's, it's a powerful thing Yes, and love, love can look a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. And in any situation, in any endeavor, you know, even if it's in and done through an organization or some, some sort of nonprofit, 
You can think about if I really loved people, what what I do. And it can go pretty deep. So like on the surface, maybe it looks like really loving to give a drunk homeless person a drink and to get him a beer because <laughs> that's what they're asking for. But if you look at it more carefully, maybe that's not so loving after all. Maybe that's not actually helping them and maybe doing more harm than good. Mm -hmm. As an example, that's an example I think most people can relate to. But if we look at it, you know, a lot of things that we do, if we took a really good hard look at it, maybe we'd look at it and go, whoa, maybe that's not as loving as it could be. Mm -hmm. And maybe I need to stop doing this thing that I thought was helping. And maybe, maybe I need to tweak it because the way it is going down is not as helpful and loving as I'd like it to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so even if it's not interacting directly one-to-one -one with people, what we're doing in the world can be seen as an expression of love or maybe the opposite depending on how we're approaching that. You know, that's, uh, that's, that's a great uh, conversation. And, and this is more of a question than a comment. But, I mean, we all know what in enabling is. We know uh, a lot of us enable our children, right? And let's say your, our teen children want to drink or, or do something they shouldn't be doing, and we try to discipline them or we say no, and they get upset and they scream and whatever. They, they make a fit about it, so we give in. Right. Mm, yeah. And we may say, oh, I love the, you know, I love him. I love her I, it's because I love them. But honestly, that's not love. Now, it's not hate or it's not, you know, it's not a, a negative. It is because it's, it's enabling. But there, it's coming from somewhere. There's an emotion, a feeling that's coming from somewhere. But it's not love. Yeah, it's a mix. It's a, there's probably under, underneath we want to love our kids. Mm -hmm. it, but at the same time, layered on top of that is a. Uh, Oh man, I'm I'm making my kid upset, mm -hmm. and, and maybe we have a story around that. Maybe yeah. we've made it mean something, mm -hmm. and there we go. Oh man, maybe I better give in because you know maybe he'll hate me or. Mm, there you go. Yeah. You know now yeah. now it's more about me than it is about uh, my kid. Instantly, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't want to let them down. And if if your sentence is starting with I, that tells you the story right there, right? Yeah. You're thinking more about yourself. And, and you may not even be purposely thinking about yourself, but like we're talking about, it goes back to the stories, right? Or something, an association we have, yeah. something that happened to us in our life. And we don't want, we may feel like we're letting them down, right? So we give in. We're really, we're, we're, we're not letting them down. The true love is to go, no. Right. <laughs> yeah. I love you. I don't want this to affect you because there's a long-term effect to it. My answer is no. Right. With, without having a lot of emotional angst to it, yeah, too. Yeah. I mean, if we're, if we're really in our space mm -hmm. as the parent, in a position of authority, mm -hmm. out of love, we could say no without a lot of yelling and screaming or, or yeah. any sort of angst about it and just be real firm and say, I'm going to say no because I love you and I think this is not good for you and, yeah. and I'm, I'm not going to be a part of that. Absolutely. And just, and just put it down there. As, as a parent, whenever we're getting emotionally involved in it, mm -hmm. when we're starting to get, you know, the blood pressures rising or whatever, usually that's more about us than it is about our kids. Mm, that's good. Yeah, I agree. Good stuff. Yep. So this idea of being called is to work on that stuff, that if we want to be more of a light in the world, if we want to shine God's love and allow it to shine through us, we need to work on this stuff. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's getting in the way. Mm -hmm. And we're just reacting. And there's a, there's a spectrum of low-functioning to high-functioning. Mm -hmm. And, and low-functioning people, uh, and I know I've been this way at times too, is, you know, if people who are just all at the lower end, you know, constantly react to what's going on and uh, typically react based on what they made it mean. And, you know, and it's hard for others to be around that kind of person because they might say something and, and it's not even meant in any way bad, but the person took it that way and, oh, you're just, you're just disrespecting me or whatever it is, and they mm -hmm. storm out. And, you know, that's, that's just an example of a really low-functioning person, and the spectrum goes all <laughs> the way up to really high-functioning. And there's not, there's not like a, it's not like a toggle. It's not like you're either low-functioning or you're high-functioning. We're on this spectrum. Like you, can be, you can be going up and down, right? You can oh, yeah. catch yourself yeah, on a right. low-functioning day, right? Yeah, we can have a, yeah, right. We can have a low-functioning day mm -hmm. or we can have high-functioning days. And, and the goal is to have more and more of those high-functioning days. Right. That's good. That's good. You know, that, that exact example you gave happened to me the other day. Um, I, I said something to somebody. It wasn't, I didn't even say it. I was, we were messaging back and forth, and this person just got really upset. And said exactly what you just said. Oh, you disrespected me, and you said this, and you said that, and you meant this, you meant that. And I usually go, hey, 
let's get on a phone call because you're reading into this text how you're feeling right now because yeah. you have no you, you can't see my emotion in what I'm saying right you know so yeah, yeah that, that and, and I and I believe because I know this person I believe that day they were in that low functioning mode because I hadn't seen it from that person before yeah yeah we will talk more about this right after the break If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for the Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 105.5. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 105.5. Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour. Meaning, significance, satisfaction, connection. You can have it all. Learn how on the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Move through your world, touching lives and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning. Listen to the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Your impact matters. You matter. Did you miss a show? Check out past shows at theimpacthour.com. Listening to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5. Know your impact. Make it great. Hey, welcome back to the Impact Hour. As you've been listening to the show today, if you've been thinking, maybe I should get some coaching. Maybe that would help me with my interaction with my kids or with my employees at my place of business or with my coworkers. I've got some goals and I think maybe there's some things inside me that might be getting in the way. We highly encourage you to give one of us a call. You can call me. This is John. You can call 916-783-2622. When you call, leave a message. Um, I typically let it go to voicemail first, and then I will call you back at the earliest convenience. Or if you'd like to, you can call Raul, and his number is 916 426 8557. That's also a, a message number, so go ahead and leave me a message and I'll give you a call back. Awesome. So today we've been talking about authenticity and influence. We're kind of uh, going through the highlights of our event that we had a couple weekends ago. And uh, one of the last sections in there, we had this uh, segment that I titled Your Life Evaluated. Now, back in 2005, as some of you may have heard if you've been listening to this show for a while, uh, but if you're brand new or have just been listening just for a little bit, may not know that in 2005, I had a heart attack. I'm not that old. Certainly was not that old back then. Um, and I had symptoms of the heart attack leading up to it over a period of maybe a month or so. Symptoms would come and then they would go away and they'd come and they'd go away. And I remember on the night of my heart attack, my heart beat really hard in my chest a couple of times and I felt instantly sick to my stomach. And I remember being curled up on the bathroom floor with the thought that maybe that was the last moments of my life. And so as I was sitting in there, I was evaluating my life. I didn't have my life flash before my eyes. That's the traditional thing that people talk about and maybe some people have that. But instead, I just thought about how I had lived my life up to that point. And I found that I had quite a few regrets about how I had been living. And I found that for a lot of my life, I had my masks on. I had my, my protection on for, uh, you know, just, just putting up a persona, making sure that I appeared a certain way, made sure I appeared like I had it all together, which meant I didn't take any risks. I certainly stunted my personal and emotional growth because I couldn't get any help and I pretty much was in my shell and uh, I had done some fun work at some employers, but my impact on the world at that moment was actually pretty small. And I'd done some things in the past, but those things were no more and I was looking at my influence, what I might leave behind in the world, and I was not happy about that. And uh, so part of my, my mind was trying to be, uh, still trying to have my, my mask on and justify to myself that, well, if it is, it is, and I justify that I'm okay with it. But a big part of me inside, and I like to say that my spirit 
was saying, that's not good enough. And I couldn't stand living life that way anymore. Luckily, I didn't die, and I had, I had a second chance to come back and to live differently. And this last section that we had on that weekend was to help people have a self-evaluation in very much kind of the same way. Although each person's self-evaluation would be different, uh, but we guided people through about, you know, where is life at right now? What are, what are people engaged in today? In a typical day, what would you be doing? And is that something that would leave an impact on the world? Would that influence somebody? Would that help somebody transform their lives? You know, what are we involved in? And we kind of walk people through, what are these things that we're doing right now? And we got a chance to evaluate. Is this where you want your life to be? If this was the end of your life today, how would you feel about that? And so we had people kind of take a look. And I think some people kind of like my heart attack experience had their self-justification engine turned on and <laughs> going, well, this is good. Uh, but I'm hoping a part of them for some of them, at least, was going, yeah, but maybe not as good as I want it. Mm -hmm. Or maybe like myself, there's some folks there would go, I don't want it to be like this at all. And I want to make some big changes. The, the powerful question was, um, if you had an hour to live, what would you do? And, and, and it, 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 we went a little bit deeper than that. And it's powerful because if you think about that, I, I hadn't actually thought about that until you and I were discussing it. <laughs> and it's, you know, if you have an hour to live, what are you going to do? And, you know, with that, most people think about the people they love, who they may be having conflict with, who, or who they haven't called in so long. And it makes you think like, wow, I should call them now. I, yeah, I don't have just an hour to live, but I, I, I should call these people if that's my thought now. And then we asked, you know, what, what if you had one year to live? And again, you're like, wow, if I had a year to live, and depending on where you're at in your life, if you have a family or a career or you want to start a business, whatever it is, there's a lot of things that we figured, that we learned that we want to get done before that year would be up. So it's really eye-opening exercise we did at the Unchained Men's event. And uh, I think it's probably for, for anybody. So, I mean, if you're driving now or if you're sitting at home or wherever you're at listening to this, take a second and ask yourself those two questions. And if you really sit there and think about it, it's powerful. It really is. Yes. I found for me, and I'm sure this didn't happen all at once, but over over span of, of some time, maybe even a few years, really had a chance to look at what is it in my life that I'm really pursuing? Like what is on my mind most of the time and what am I spending my energy on? What am I pursuing in life? And for a long time, what I was pursuing was my career. I wanted to make more money. I wanted a better position, a bigger title. I wanted all of that stuff. That's what I was pursuing. And I found in my life that that's actually not what I wanted to pursue. And sure, that stuff's great, and I'm not talking about I'm just going to go become homeless. That's not it either. But at the same time, I don't really want to pursue that kind of thing. What I want to pursue, for me anyways, is a bigger impact in the world. I want to make a difference. Absolutely. I want more of me left behind in the world because I was here and I made a difference. And some people's lives are changed because of me. To me, that was the ultimate way to evaluate and to measure my life. And this exercise is a way to sit down and think about what is it that you really want to pursue with your life? Is it a career? Is it a lifestyle? Is it an impact? Is it, uh, I don't know what it would be for you, but you know, what would you want to pursue with your life? Absolutely. You know, one of the things that um, I teach in my coaching practice when we get onto this subject uh, is to get things done, because it kind of goes into procrastination um, in life. Uh, and we're procrastinating when we get things done it's based on um it, when it becomes a must and the example that i the easiest example to understand is like tax time right a, a lot of us in, i'll talk about me <laughs> i put off my taxes i put off my taxes and then you know there's a couple of days until tax time and i go i have to do this or else there's consequences yeah so it's a must now it goes right. from i need to do this to i have to do this or else and then I do it. So if you can learn, this exercise helps with that. The reason yes. that's why I bring this up, you know, with, if you think about an hour or a year and you make something a must in your life, you, you, you change your mindset, you, you make it a must, you will get it done. Yes. 
and start to think about what what is really important. Like what what if you really want to pursue something in your life, like for me, if it's making an impact, you know, if I don't do that and I procrastinate on it, there's not somebody else going to be calling me up and saying, hey, did you get that done? Right. Right? Um, And so I I have to change the way I pursue that. And and like you said, you know, make it a must or or just shift the way I look at it and go, I don't want anything to become a must. I want to (laughs) get it done before it's a must, you know, and start working on things differently and and sit down. Like for me, I, at the beginning of my day, I start writing down today, what I want to work on. And I look at my goals and, okay, what are those, how can I move this goal forward today and and put that stuff down there and put it on my list. And, uh, and I learned to be driven by what I desire rather than just what is pressing on me. Mm, that's good. Yeah. So I think the event was, was a, a pretty good success. Oh, it was outstanding. Yeah. Um, the, the, you know, we are the Unchained Men. The Unchained Men's events are specifically for men. But like I mentioned earlier, um, our next one, we are including a uh, spouse, girlfriend, um, friend of a friend. Uh, so it will be open to men and women, and uh, there will be some stuff up on our website about it shortly. Right now, we're still at unchainedmen.com. Um, the next event is not announced there, but it will be within the next week or so. Yeah. And just to be clear, it's not a couple's thing. Right. And so it's just, it's just open for men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll be, we'll be tweaking it a little bit, uh, taking some of the things we've learned from this last weekend and tweaking. Uh, but then... Uh, We'll be changing it also because because the ladies, I think, process things a little bit differently. So we'll need to uh, kind of change the way we, we present so it's accessible and easy to take in for, for both genders. So I think one of the biggest takeaways that I, I saw in there for, for the guys is I, I saw a few guys who just were really closed up, just mm. kept everything really closed in tightly. Mm. Uh, things, you know, we got them to share things they normally wouldn't share at all mm-hmm. uh, that weekend. Mm-hmm. And I think for some of them, that probably was the very first time they had a chance to really share something uh, that close to themselves mm-hmm. with just at least one other guy. Right. So, so you mentioned there were some people that said, I, I sense freedom or feel freedom. Um, our sense of freedom and and that's that's powerful it really it really is because when we in any situation when we come into somewhere we want to be open and when we first hold back and say i don't have a mask and we say oh no i don't have any problems and these types of things you know it's it's it, it's a, a darkness it's a hardening within us but once we let it go is freedom and it's a true feeling of freedom and if you've never felt that i suggest you come to one of our meetings yes most definitely so thanks for listening today you've been listening to the impact hour